listening to KPCA LP, Petaluma, California, at 103.3 FM, and worldwide at www.kpca.fm. And this is the Midnight Skeptic. The views of the Midnight Skeptic are not, repeat, not necessarily the views of KPCA or any of its affiliates. Well, okay, uh, my thousands and thousands of YouTube viewers out there are looking at uh, this guy who is in bad need of a haircut out there. And uh, this is indeed the Midnight Skeptic coming at you again. Um, let's see, how many, uh, let's see, um, this will be the last one of this horrible, horrible year, 2020. Uh, well, we've got 33 days, I think, until the orange sociopath hopefully just leaves the White House and uh, a new, kinder, more competent um, regime settles itself into our government. Okay, um, this is uh, show number 12 of the new regime, um, which I started up again after a couple of months worth of just lockdown, um, March, April, and May. Um, so uh, I forget what the the, na uh, the number of the show was when we uh, settled down. I had done show number 100, um, I think back at the end of uh, 2019. And um, uh, you... Uh, uh, YouTube viewers out there, that was Nick Brown going upstairs. Uh, he's uh, uh, renting a spare bedroom upstairs. And uh, so, yeah, that's what that is all about. Okay, uh, shout-outs, shout-outs, shout-outs. Got two new ones to include here. Uh, Kathy and Rich Berger over in Sebastopol. Uh, I understand that Kathy uh, listened to or watched. I'm not sure. Uh, she either watches it on YouTube um, or uh, listens to it at uh, 9 o'clock on Sunday, which is where we usually do the radio version of this, www.kpca.fm. Or if you just actually turn in a tune in a radio, um, we're at 103.3 FM uh, here in Petaluma. And I think our signal does reach out to Sebastopol and a little ways up north to um, Ronit Park, a little ways south down to Novato Care. Uh, California, and uh, I don't know that it goes over the mountains uh, just east of us here in Petaluma to reach the thousands and thousands of viewers over in the town of Sonoma. But anyway, 
shout out, shout outs. Okay, Kathy and Richberger, Sebastopol, uh, Judy May up in Sonora, California. Uh, I'm not sure that she lives actually in Sonora, but up in Tuolumne County. She was uh, in our high school class up there. Stanley Gustafson down in Pacifica, California. Uh, retired city attorney f uh, of Daly City. My brother Brandon, retired. Just about all my friends and relatives are kind of getting to that stage of their lives where we've got nothing better to do except kvetch about things. And I've got nothing better to do except this Midnight Skeptic radio show. Anyway, my brother Brandon is down in Santan Valley with his wife, Mina, and um, my niece, Andrea, and her husband, Tim, uh, and they're three little terrorists. Uh, Andrea's a nurse at a uh, hospital right near Santan Valley, Arizona, and boy, I hope that she is taking good care of herself down there and uh, wearing her PPEs and uh, not getting too stressed out, as a lot of healthcare workers are. And um, boy, I'm glad that all of them are going to get the uh, vaccine first. They deserve it. They deserve to be safe. And uh, once this... COVID-19 craps all over with. Uh, they deserve our undying thanks. Okay, uh, Bob and Sandy Fisher and Brad and Martha Fisher, their kids. Uh, Martha is also a nurse up in Sonora, California, and uh, caring for the elderly at a, uh, oh, uh, I'm, I'm not sure if you'd call it a rehab home for the elderly, but it's a health care facility for older people. And uh, Martha, if you happen to be listening, take care of yourself. Uh, Tim Conrad, who was also in our class, but is now living down here in Petaluma, is a great photographer. Uh, Daryl Larson, uh, who I think technically might be retired, but he was a uh, uh, the preeminent tax person up in Tuolumne County. He may still have a few um, clients that he sees now and then, but, uh, you know, like all of us, he's essentially retired. He was a uh, Bronco rider, Ew, and he has all the broken bones to show for it. Um, my ex-roommate, uh, the lung doctor, Herr, Herr, Dr. Rubin, um, he's now in the Raleigh-Durham, North Carolina area. He is retired from Smith-Glaxo, uh, is it Smith-Glaxocline or Glaxo-Smith-Cline? Uh, I forgot, brain freeze, brain freeze. Uh, Tim Munnicky over in Fairfield, Nelson and Alice Lydell, uh, down in Sarasota, Florida. He is retired as well uh, from the United States Public Health Service. If, um, if Joe Biden were uh, smart, he would appoint Nelson to head up the you know, CDC or the NIH or one of those. He is the most, uh, well, he was 
way smarter than anybody else in my high school class. And um, his specialty was breathing apparatuses, like masks, like the uh, N95s. And he wrote a textbook that Harvard still uses on that topic. Uh, Dave and Rosie Takach. And uh, let's see, got him. Oh, Geraldine Goldfinger out on Long Island. Oh, she's listening in, uh, as is uh, Cousin Debbie and Uncle Michael back on Long Island. Actually, they live in Queens. I, I guess that's technically in Long Island or on Long Island. I'm not really sure. They're New Yorkers anyway. Um, okay, and last and certainly not least, my uh, favorite herpetologist, uh, Karina Hilliard, down in Patagonia, Arizona. Uh, if any of you people living in that area uh, happen to come home and find a snake of some sort, you know, diamondback rattlesnake or somebody, uh, she's who you call. She is badge number 109 uh, in animal control uh, services down there. She'll come out and uh, get rid of the snakes for you. Um, she's very adept at handling snakes. And um, I saw a uh, Facebook uh, video, I guess, of her. Now, this is about three years ago. Uh, and she had this huge tarantula just crawling up her bare arm. And so I uh, messaged her and said, uh, Karina, if I ever come down there to uh, Patagonia, I want you to arrange that for me. I, I don't fear spiders. I like them, and I never, ever kill them. I always pick them up and throw them out. But I've never had a tarantula crawling up my arm. And uh, she answered back, if you come down here, I will make it happen. So, Karina, I'm, I'm going to hold you to that. Okay. Uh, is that all the shout-outs? Um, one thing uh, I want to mention, uh, there was a lot of protests. I think this was last Saturday in Washington, D.C., and there were smaller um, demonstrations in other towns around uh, the country, but it was the Trumpers coming out uh, with their American flags, you know, convincing everybody that they're really patriots, and the Trump flags. There was a handful of protesters that had their, you know, camouflage play army out in the woods outfits, and um, were walking around armed and dangerous. Um, and there was a chant that arose, uh, destroy the GOP. I, aren't they Republicans? I mean, I know that they're Trumpers, but I guess even they are finally admitting to themselves that Trump is not really a Republican. Uh, he's just Trump. And um, as far as I'm concerned, um, they can destroy the Republican Party all they want. And 
I am saying this as a registered Republican. Um, when I first got old enough to vote, which at that time you had to be 21, uh, I registered as a Republican. Um, we had just, uh, you know, recently come out of the Eisenhower era, and uh, I kind of enjoyed listening and watching to William F. Buckley, the conservatives, conservatives. I, I know now that he was quite racist. Uh, I didn't know that at the time. And um, other Republicans that I respected, uh, Bob Dole, um, let's see, who... I'm, tr I'm having a brain freeze on thinking of really decent Republicans um, back then in the oh, late 60s, early 70s. Anyway, um, what I would like to see is the entire Republican Party as it exists now wiped off the face of this earth. And then those who believe in... Um, sort of a limited government, uh, fewer regulations, uh, trying to pay down the national debt and maintaining a uh, strong military. Okay, that's the classic Republican um, beliefs. And I go along with some of them. They're at least issues that can be discussed um, with with Democrats, but uh, there's no discussing anything with the uh, disgusting Republicans that we have nowadays. Okay, I, I'm that's I don't know ten minutes of a rant. Okay, I'm over that. I'm over that. Um, last um, last week, or no, two weeks ago, uh, the last show. Um, I played um, the night they drove old Dixie down, and uh, I got some good feedback from some of my listeners because I analyzed uh, the words to it. And there's a lot of controversy about whether that song is pro-South or uh, pro-North or pro-slavery or, you know, there's a lot of discussion about it. So uh, I, I talked about some of the words to that. Uh, I'm going to play um, a little bit of it. Uh, just the first stanza, till you, you can remember what the tune of it is. Okay, Google, play The Night They Drove Old Dixie Down. The Night They Drove Old Dixie Down by the band, sure. Playing on Spotify. Okay, Google, turn off the music. Okay, um, my sound engineer, Dennis, my, my son, Dennis, uh, set up a 
a Google Assistant for me, and I can just ask it to play music, and it will play. Um, and my routine in the morning, I think I said this before on one of the shows, um, I struggle out of bed around 10 o'clock, 9.30 or 10, jump in the shower, and then as I'm drying off, I ask Google to play one of my favorite songs. It's usually... Uh, uh, the Grateful Dead or Credence Clearwater. I like all of those guys. And I remember quite a while back uh, asking them to play uh, The Night They Drove Old Dixie Down. And uh, and the thing about Google, it, it remembers what you've asked. And then it starts deciding what kind of music you will like, which is kind of scary. And those who are really worried about privacy might object to that. I don't. I don't care if they know what kind of music I like. Um, but uh, I I just ask it to play one song, and then just they don't stop playing after that song's over. They just go on to the next song that Google thinks you would like to hear. Okay. Well, some very odd thing happened to me. Um, this was about a month and a half ago. Uh, I, uh, I think I asked it to play uh, some Creedence Clearwater song, probably down on the corner. But anyway, the next song it played w was in German. And I recognized the tune right away as the night they drove old Dixie down, which was odd. Uh, I assumed that it was the German translation of the words uh, of the night they drove old Dixie down. And then I started thinking about it. Why would, why would there be a German song about the American Civil War? So anyway, I got on my computer and I Googled, uh, well, first of all, I wanted to hear what the words to The Night They Drove Old Dixie Down was, and it was very interesting. And then I got onto all these uh, discussion threads about whether it was pro-South or pro-slavery or, or what was it about it. So uh, two weeks ago, I did this show, a, a large segment of it was about the night they drove Old Dixie down. But when I Googled it, there was also the German version. And uh, uh, the girl who sings it uh, was uh, Julianne Verding. Okay, you spell it W-E-R-D-I-N-G. I guess in German, W's are pronounced like V's, Verding. Anyway, um, but uh, there's a YouTube of her singing this, and there's also a YouTube with the translation. Well, it wasn't about the uh, Civil War at all. It was um, the night, or excuse me, the day that Coney Kramer died. Okay, um, so here's the story behind that. Uh, in this song, uh, Julianne Verding uh, tells the story of the fictional, okay, it was a made-up name, uh, Connie Kramer, uh, who is a drug addict. No one can help. 
and finally dies. Okay, researching Julianne Verding, she was a street urchin. I don't know whether she was an urchin or not, but she and her friend Peter were street musicians in the German town of Essen, which is a oh, medium-sized town in Germany. And he got into drugs and uh, eventually died of an overdose. And according to uh, a song website about this song, he was the very first a person to die of a drug overdose in Essen. You know, that's what they say. Uh, you know, I, being the cynical guy that I am, I find it very hard to believe that he was <laughs> the first ever person to die of a drug overdose. Okay. So, anyway, she recorded a demo tape and at this time, uh, she was 16 years old. Uh, she was in the class of 73 uh, it, at the Essen High School. I don't know what it's called, but it's the high school in that town. And she sent it to this uh, German television program that was sort of a, a talent, a talent new up-and-coming talent uh, show. And she was invited onto the show, and she won. And uh, this was in 1970. Let's see, wait a minute. I'm trying to get my timing right here. I think she, uh, when she sent in her demo tape, she was only 14. But anyway... I don't know how many years or whatever, she was wandering around the streets with her guitar and this guy, Peter, and singing for tips and blah, blah. Uh, we had him a lot in um, the Haight-Ashbury area uh, where I lived in uh, 1969 and 1970. Anyway, uh so that demo tape got her on this TV show. Well, she won that. And this was in 1970. Okay. So one of the guys who saw this show was, his name was Hans Ulrich Weigel, W-E-I-G-E-L. He's, uh, at that time, was a mover and shaker in the German music industry. And um, he and uh, Julianne got into this conversation about maybe making a song about her experiences, uh, specifically with this Peter who died. Okay, so he, what he did was uh, get a synchronization license uh, from the band, this Canadian group that sung... Uh, the night they drove old Dixie down. Uh, that's what you have to do if you if you want to use their melody. Anyway, uh, they got it, and um, so they had to come up with some words to the song and words about her 
experience with Peter. Well, they couldn't use his name, and so they made up this uh, name, uh, Coney Kramer, C-O-N-N-Y-K-R-A-M-E-R. Okay, uh, let's see. I have other notes here. Julianne Verding was born... Uh, July 19th, 1956. She's 64 now. And, in fact, uh, Hans Ulrich Weigel uh, is in his early 70s now. So he was you know, about 10 years older than she was, an up-and-coming guy in the music industry. Um, anyway, she uh, got out of the show business uh, in 2009, and started studying naturopathy, uh, which, you know, I'm the, I'm the midnight skeptic. I'm skeptic of all of these uh, alternative and complementary medicines. So I was kind of disappointed to hear that. Uh, but anyway, she is a practicing naturopath in Munich, and she has two kids, and she's divorced now. So that's her story. Um, she did a brief stint acting in German. In fact, she did a uh, um, she did the vagina monologues over in Germany. I'm not sure which town, but uh, uh, she got out of acting. I guess she wasn't any good at it, or who knows. But anyway, so she's a practicing naturopath now. Okay, Google, play Am Tag als Koni Kramerstab. I looked for Kona Kramerstab, but it either isn't available or uh, can't be played right now. Okay, Google, play The Day That Koni Kramer Died by Julianne Verding. I looked for the day that Coney oh, Kramer died by Julian God. Wedding, but it either isn't available or can't be played right now. Hang on, people. I, I, I'm not done trying this yet. Okay, Google, play Am Tag als Coney Kramer Stab by Julian Verding. I looked for Kona Kramer stub, but it either God. isn't available or can't be played right now. Okay, Google, turn off the music. Damn. Um, I had the whole first of my show uh, set up around this song, and I've asked it before, and occasionally it'll play it. Um, I guess my German pronunciation is not good enough. Um, anyway, the song is, and before the show's over, I'm going to try again. Uh, it's Am Tag als Koenigkramer Stab. I guess Stab is died. Okay. Forgive me, people. Damn it. Okay. A uh, couple of things I want to talk about. Um, we've passed a uh, milestone in Earth history. The weight of human-made stuff now outweighs the weight 
of natural stuff. And by natural stuff, I mean living things, trees, grass, microbes, whales, elephants, humans, you know, everything. Okay. A, a team of environmental researchers from the Weizmann Institute of Science in Israel figured out that this year, 2020, uh, the mass of items constructed by humans, uh, skyscrapers to highways to buttons, matches up with the biomass. Uh, the exact timing of this landmark event uh, depends a lot on how we define uh, the uh, exact point at which a, uh, you know, a chunk of rock or drop of uh, crude oil changes from a natural resource to a manufactured item. Uh, this transformation is uh, termed the socioeconomic metabolism of the earth. Uh, when it comes to calculating the mass of resources being you know, gobbled up by our hunger for T-bone steaks, uh, tins of tuna and water, smooth roads, and nice homes to live in. Uh, this all, uh, our, our comfort, our humans' comfort, uh, comes at a very, very great ecological cost. Um, anyone who has an answer to this dilemma, please forward your suggestions to the Midnight Skeptic. And here's where you send it. Uh, the Midnight Skeptic, it's all one word, all lowercase, at gmail.com. T-H-E-M-I-D-N-I-G-H-T-S-K-E-P-T-I-C at gmail.com. Okay, Google, play Als, play Am Tag als Kony Kramerstab by Julianne Verding. I looked for I'll play Am Tag als Kony Kramerstab by Julianne Wedding, but it either isn't available or can't be played right now. Okay, Google, play any song by Julianne Verding, W-E-R-D-I-N-G. The Wedding by Julie Rogers, sure, playing on Spotify. Okay, Google, turn off the music. Okay, Google, play Am Tag als Kony Kramerstab. I looked for I'm Toggle's Kona Kramer stuff, but it either isn't available or can't be played Damn right it. now. Okay, I will try one more time uh, before this show is over. Oh, man. Uh, why can't Google Assistant just read your mind? Hmm. Okay, good news. Um, the U.S. Supreme Court declined to take a case that would reverse a lower court Indiana case that would uh, allow both partners in a same-sex marriage 
to be listed as parents on the birth certificates of their children. Yay for same-sex couples. Hmm, good news, finally. And, of course, you've got to know what organization or what group of people got this onto the books in the first place. <sighs> Evangelical, conservative Christians that just want to use the power of uh, the lawmaking power of states and governments to punish people for 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 being uh, part of the LGBTQ community they're just I think most um, conservative evangelical Christians have sort of given up the fight when it comes to the gay marriage issue. Um, so most of them have focused their hate on another group, the transgender group within the LGBT. Uh, so now they're concentrating on passing bathroom bills to make life as difficult as possible for transgender individuals. And I, I don't want to say that I, I hate anybody. Uh, Trump accepted. I actually hate him. But as a group, very conservative evangelical Christians are uh, who who try to lobby and use the power of the government, you know, federal, state, local, to make life difficult for groups that they just dislike or think that God disapproves of. Uh, They're on, like, on number one on my hate list. Hmm. Okay. Uh, Damn it, I really, okay. Let me, uh, I have the words to the day that Coney Kramer died. And it's in translation from the German. Uh, it's not very poetic or anything, but as she sings it, if I'm going to ever be able to get her song on here, uh, we lay dreaming in the grass our heads full of crazy ideas. And just for fun, he said, come on, let's go for a ride. But the smoke tasted bitter. I guess she was smoking a joint. Uh, still, Coney told me that he saw a sea of lights and colors. We had no idea what soon would come to pass. The day when Coney Dramer Coney Kramer died, all the bells were ringing. The day when Coney Kramer died, all his friends wept for him. It was a hard day because a world inside me fell apart. Okay. Uh, that, that, that's the, um, no, <laughs> oh, these damn brain freezes. Anyway, uh, the next part. Uh, he often promised that he'd leave it alone. That gave me fresh courage. 
and I persuaded myself that with love everything would be fine. But the joints became trips. There was no stopping the downhill slide. People started talking, but nobody offered Coney help. And then, uh, then it goes into the, the day when Coney Kramer died again. Okay, this is the last stanza. The last time he said, now I can see heaven. I screamed at him, oh, come back. He could no longer understand me. I didn't even have any more tears. I had just lost everything I had. Life simply goes on. All that's left me are the flowers on his grave. Okay, uh, in German, that, that sounds more poetic than these words, but uh, be that it may, that was a very sad story of uh, Julianne Verding's uh, friend Peter um, kick, kicking off because of a drug overdose. Um, should I give this one more try? Okay, Google, play Am Tag als Conny Kramerstab by Julianne Werding. I looked for I'm Togal's Connie Kramer Stop by Julian Wedding, but it either isn't available or can't be played right now. Okay, Google, play The Day That Connie Kramer Died by Julianne Wedding. I looked for The Day That Tony Kramer Died by <laughs> Julianne Wedding, but right. it either isn't available or can't be played right now. Thanks for trying. God. Ooh. You know, if I weren't on radio as well as uh, YouTube, I'd swear. Okay. More articles. Um, Spell versus Edwards. Uh, Pastor Tony Spell and who is and his uh, Louisiana megachurch tried to be fully open to more than 1,800 congregants. Violation of state orders from uh, Governor John Bell Edwards, uh, limiting gatherings and requiring social distancing. In its appeal, one passage suggests Spell was merely, and this is a quote, uh, following his religious convictions that he must obey God rather than man and uh, government's laws. Okay, this was rejected by the uh, U.S. Supreme Court. Um, well, in other words, the, the judge that uh, sided with uh, Governor uh, John Bell Edwards down in Louisiana ordered the church to comply with state-mandated health directives. Okay. Okay, Bob Bryant, uh, who's age 58, he was a uh, pastor at 
Water of Life Community Church in Fontana, California, who was one of the COVID restriction-denying pastors, died of COVID-19. Uh, this is uh, three Mondays ago. He left a wife and young son. Uh, he was diagnosed on November 22nd, and uh, he had underlying conditions. Uh, he had a high blood pressure and uh, diabetes. Coffee break here. Oh, okay, a um, bit of good news. Okay, um, civil asset forfeitures. Uh, when a person is uh, arrested, uh, and usually this applies to uh, drug dealers, and supposedly... Um, the higher-up drug dealers, the, the wealthier ones. Um, civil forfeitures is, has evolved into a way for police departments and uh, local governments to enrich themselves. And uh, they even use civil forfeiture against um, less well-off drug dealers. The local ones are, they deal drugs just to you know, make a living and feed their families. Uh, I'm not saying that it's a good thing that uh, we have drug dealers. Uh, they got to find a way to make a better living. Anyway, uh, Contra Costa County District Attorney Diana Beckton announced changes Tuesday to the way her office will handle civil asset forfeitures. A controversial process that allows law enforcement officers to seize property from people they suspect, just suspect, have been involved in a crime. So they, they keep these things that they... Uh, that they acquire when they arrest somebody that they suspect committed a crime. Well, what if these people are found innocent in a court? Well, to get it back, boy, do they have to jump through a lot of hoops. Injustices. Okay, Beckton said her office would no longer seek forfeitures in cases when the value of the assets is less than $1,000. The change cements an interim policy Beckton first implemented in June of uh, 2019. Beckton said Tuesday she saw asset forfeiture as a tool to disrupt criminal activity like drug trafficking. But seizing assets without a criminal charge was a, quote, huge issue among citizens in our country. Damn right it is. It's just uh, a war on the less well-off is what it amounts to. 
and, and more quotes here. We're always trying to look for ways to make sure the work we're doing is fair. Becton said, quote, I'm really glad that we listened to the voices in our community that raised this issue. Civil asset forfeitures have been used by police departments across the country for decades, allowing law enforcement to seize and keep property from people they accuse of committing a crime. Those assets can be sold with a portion of proceeds going back to the law enforcement agency that seizes them. Uh, this setup is ripe for abuse. Boy, is that setup ripe for abuse. Hmm. Okay, uh, what other articles here? Um, uh, time, time, time. Oh, got about uh, 10 or 11 more minutes to go here. Isolated stories of whales and other marine life washing ashore with bellies full of shopping bags and other plastic waste have drawn public attention in recent years. But the problem of plastic in the ocean is far more widespread than previously known. Of course it is. There, there's no way to accurately measure the amount of plastic in the oceans uh, uh, than previously known and could help push some species of marine life closer to extinction. According to a report released by Oceana, a wildlife advocacy group. The report released last month, uh, this would be November, found nearly 1,800 instances since, uh, since 2009 in which mar a marine mammal or sea turtle swallowed or became entangled in plastic waste along the coast of the United States. Until now, there has never been a single study that compiled all evidence of large sea animals being harmed by plastic pollution, said uh, Kimberly Warner, senior scientist at Oceana and the report's author. Uh, these are animals on our shores. This problem belongs to us. It sure does. Uh, we are the large, by we, she means us here in the United States. We are the world's largest producer of plastic waste. Uh, I've done segments on plastic waste uh, on this show previously. Okay. Oh, okay. Uh, the Trump's lawsuit against the state of California because of our higher emission standards was joined by a number of other auto companies. Not everyone. And I spoke uh, last show that there was an automaker, oh, General Motors, uh, who got out of that lawsuit and are devoting more of their resources to electric cars, which is a good thing. Um, 
Okay, what's this? Who's the CEO of GM? Uh, Mary. What's her name? Oh, Mary Barra. B A R R A. That's a good thing. That's a good decision that you made. Well, here's here's another one. Uh, Nissan uh, won't fight the state either. That's the headline. Well, the state is us, California. Nissan said Friday that it will no longer support the Trump administration in its legal fight to end California's ability to set its own auto pollution and gas mileage standards. General Motors ended its support for the Trump administration's battle with California on emission standards last week. Okay, uh, rats abandoning a sinking ship. Trump. Um, okay, GM and Nissan were part of a coalition of 13 automakers uh, that joined the Trump administration's legal fight. Nissan's departure leaves. Okay, here's the one. Here's the automakers that still are part of this lawsuit. Toyota, Fiat Chrysler, Hyundai, Kia, Subaru, Isuzu. I've never heard of that car. Okay. Suzuki, Maserati, McLaren, Aston Martin, and Ferrari. I am urging my tens of thousands of listeners and watchers out there not to buy these cars. Screw them all. Okay, should I give it one more damn try? I swear to you, I have succeeded on occasion uh, asking my Google Assistant to play this particular song, and it responded to uh, my... My German, my maybe my accent wasn't uh, right on the money. Okay, Google, play Am Tag als Kramer Stab by Julian Werding. Am Tag als Kramer Stab by Julian Werding. Sure. Playing on Spotify. Oh, man, here it is.
Okay, Google, turn off the music. Wow. Anyway, um, the first time that uh, I, I heard it, um, if it's possible at all to fall in love with a girl just um, by the sound of her voice, well, that was one. Um and she was 16 when she did this, um, and uh, that was her first hit. And it was a hit on the German Top 40 uh, for about 15 weeks. And uh, since then, she's uh, gone on to a, a very successful recording career. Uh, she has, I don't know, a, a dozen or so albums uh, out there. Anyway, uh, thank goodness uh, I was able to get the my Google Assistant to understand my German pronunciation of this song. So that's it for uh, the music part of this. Oh, God, it's... Uh about 56 minutes. So let me just uh, do the play out music here. You have been listening to The Midnight Skeptic on KPCA LP, Petaluma, California. And we're at 103.3 on the FM dial and worldwide at www.kpca.fm Support Community Radio at patreon.com slash Petaluma Community Access And remember, think critically, think logically, but live joyously and most importantly, pet your cats.
Okay, that was the playout music. Um, let's see, uh, the local people here in Petaluma. Um, if you see Rob Tomaszewski, our station in, station manager, uh, he just had a birthday a couple of days ago. Uh, I'm not sure how old he is. Yeah, early 60s, late 50s. Uh, he looks good, and he's one of the nicest guys in radio. Oh, so the next show, let's see, I'm here at my desk calendar, one, two, three, will be on uh, January 3rd of the new year, oh, uh, about 33 days before we can get rid of the orange sociopath. And uh, let's see, I've got uh, 30 seconds left. Uh, his own sister, Mary Trump, who is a uh, practicing clinical psychologist, admits that he is a sociopath, uh, both from knowing him in family functions and uh, clinical, although he's never gone to her for any help, but he should, but, uh, mm. and somehow we've got to get rid of Trumpism in this country, too, so we can get back to normal. Okay, um, KPCA cuts me off exactly at 58 minutes. So, uh, I think I'm, I've been cut off, but I've still got my um, YouTube audience out there hanging on my every word, no doubt, but uh, uh, gotta go, gotta go. I don't wanna take up any more than an hour of your valuable time here. <laughs>